everybody and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with my buddy Dominic Demeester. Dom, we are one week away from the kickoff between the Buffalo Bills, the Los Angeles Rams, defending Super Bowl champions. Can't believe it. We're one week away. NFL preseason is done. Uh, each team playing their three games already. Some playing the four, obviously playing in that Hall of Fame game. I'm super pumped, Dominic. Can't believe all the preseason's done. And now we get to talk about some real football games that matter. Yes, William. One week away, <laughs> baby. Boy, I am pumped. I can't wait. One week away. First game, Thursday night football. Let's get the show on the road and let's get our show started. Hey, love it, Dominic. Great transition. Let's start talking about those Rams, Dominic, actually putting you on the spot a little bit here. Uh, Aaron Donald, well, we've, we've been seeing a lot of fights in these joint practices, Dominic, uh, between a few teams. And uh, the trend continued with uh, a Super Bowl rematch just uh, a little while ago between the Cincinnati Bengals, the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Aaron Donald seen grabbing two Cincinnati Bengals helmets, swinging them. Uh, so basically the talk of this was that, like, look, the NFL teams are responsible for suspending their players, right? When it comes to practices, right? You don't want to have the NFL and, and be in charge of all that. And they already do uh, make a ton of the decisions in the league. So I guess my question to you is Aaron Donald most probably will not be suspended. If you're the Los Angeles Rams, obviously you want your star player playing, uh, defending your Super Bowl championship uh, when you play the Buffalo Bills in a week from today. This begs the question, though, Dominic, should the NFL have a bit more, I guess you can say, power over the decisions made and what happens in practice? Uh, because right now, it's up to the teams, right? And if you're the Los Angeles Rams, you can't really blame them for not uh, benching or, or uh, I guess you can say, uh, suspending a guy like Aaron Donald, or no matter who that be, one of your star players. Uh, he's, he won't be suspended. He's going to be playing against the Buffalo Bills on Thursday unless something drastic happens. Um yeah, what are your thoughts on that, Dominic? Uh, him not being suspended. I'm not sure if you saw the video, uh, but uh, you know, Aaron Donald has had a history of uh, you know like temper tantrums, or, or I guess you can say uh, dealing with his anger, uh, for lack of a, of a better term there. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure, Dom. Did you see the video, and what were your thoughts on that? I didn't see the video, but I did hear about it. Yeah. And quite frankly, this is a nothing burger. In other words, forget about this. Week one is right around the corner. It's not time to start suspending franchise players like Aaron Donald. Forget about it. The guy is a marquee player. Maybe had it been a no-name guy, this NFL could have yeah. stepped in. But again, like I said, this is a nothing burger. As a matter of fact, I'm sure if I was on that defense from the Rams, I would have been pumped. Yeah. And quite frankly, that's just the way I see it. I like the NFL. A nice, rugged brand of football. And yeah, maybe sometimes it can go a little bit overboard. But again... A nothing burger. Let's move on. All right, Don. We'll move on. Definitely, indeed. Get what you're saying there. Uh, we can talk about it a little bit next week. Uh, what to expect for between the Rams and the Bills uh, in that game, Dominic. I'm super excited for that one. I think the NFL got it right. Uh, I think, look, it's always going to be the defending Super Bowl champs coming in. And now Buffalo, Dominic, with their high aspirations, uh, trying to cut over the hump and win that Super Bowl, Dominic. Uh, their first, obviously, in franchise history. So super excited for that game. We'll wait a little bit till next week to jump into that one. Let's talk about, I guess we'll talk about uh, quarter Quarterbacks being named starters, Dominic, uh, around the league. I had laughed about this a few weeks ago. We talked about Dominic, Geno Smith, Drew Locke, the debate. Who is going to start for the Seattle Seahawks? You told me, Dominic, Pete Carroll is the man. He does whatever he wants to do. If he wants his 
daughter to be quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. She will be quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. And here, Geno Smith is the starting quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks because that's what Pete Carroll wanted. He got it. I, I'll tell you, definitely, I'm surprised about this one. Uh, I did, did think it was going to be Drew Locke's uh, job to lose. Although he did struggle in his last preseason game, Dominic, throwing three interceptions. But Geno Smith will be starting under center for the Seattle Seahawks uh, week one when they play against those Denver Broncos uh, against their former quarterback in Russell Wilson. What Pete Carroll wants, Pete Carroll gets. Geno Smith, number one quarterback in Seattle. You know, we talked about this at length, and I really thought that you have to invest in your quarterbacks that know the system. I love this move in a way. We talked about it, as we said, for all those intangibles. He's just a kind of guy playing the new style of NFL, able to scramble a lot better than Drew Locke. But as I said last week, it seems to me that the Seattle Seahawks are trying to tank and finish dead last in the NFL. Because I agree with you now, Geno Smith is not the answer in Seattle. I don't care how long he's been studying that playbook. At the end of the day, he's just not the guy. I did like Julak. His tape seemed a lot better than Geno. So let's just see what happens midseason. We're going to hope that Geno really starts off well. But how long do you think William is that leash? Do you give him? Three games in a row losing, two games in a row losing before we see Drew Locke. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, good question, Dominic. I think whatever the Seattle Seahawks decide to do, how long they decide the leash to be, I can't see him starting in week five. I think he's going to be yanked. So to answer your question, I think it'll be a short-ish leash. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, Drew Locke will be coming in to replace him. Uh, definitely, definitely before midseason. I, I like I can see him struggling in the first week, maybe in the second week, and Pete Carroll wanting to stick to his guns and you know, giving him maybe a third or a fourth game. But I don't think this leash is gonna be that that uh that long dominant. I, I'd say by the fifth game of the Seahawks uh play this season, Drew Locke will be in, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Locke in anytime sooner, really. Honestly, with Geno Smith, you've been on Geno's behind. <laughs> All year saying, like, what are Seattle's doing? What's this, Geno Smith? And now we have it officially confirmed, Geno Smith, week one. Do you honestly think Seattle could literally finish dead last? Or you said last week you saw a couple of good marquee name players like Tyler Lockett mm -hmm. and DK Metcalf there. Like, have you seen any game tape that would tell you anything differently? Why is Geno Smith the starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks right now? Well, look, you look at their, their preseason stats and what happened, Dominic. So Geno Smith played in three games, not in three full games. He did not throw any touchdowns or interceptions there. So I guess you can say he had a, a clean, mistake-free football, uh, although not throwing any touchdowns. And you look at the other side of the coin in Drew Locke, First game against the Dallas Cowboys, he had, sorry, last game that he played a few days ago, he had one touchdown to three interceptions. The game before that against your Pittsburgh Steelers, he had two touchdowns, zero picks. So it's in total, he has just three touchdowns, three picks, where Geno Smith is zero and zero. Like, I guess Geno Smith may be the quote-unquote smarter quarterback. He's the veteran quarterback, uh, and I think he's maybe the safer pick there. A uh, guy that's going to make less mistakes, and like you said, I think understands the system uh, a little bit better than Drew Locke does because he played in a few games last year for the Seattle Seahawks, and there was a little bit of hype surrounding him, and then ultimately he ended up struggling with the Seahawks. I don't think they're trying to tank. I think you could make the case that Geno Smith right now gives them the better chance to win 
games, but in, in a shootout, Dominic, in a game where you need to score points, Drew Locke is going to be your guy. I'm not even saying I'm a huge fan of Drew Locke. I've said it on the show. I haven't given up on him, but we're talking about Drew Locke and Geno Smith here. We're not talking about Drew Locke or like a guy like even like Jimmy G, who I'm not even a big fan of, Drew Locke or Baker Mayfield. I would take those guys over Drew Locke in a second. But, you know, Geno Smith has bounced around in the league for a reason. Um, so I guess to answer your question, I don't think they're tanking. I think Pete Carroll believes Geno Smith gives them the best chance to win games. But it's it's just not going to be sustainable, Dominic. I think that if you're looking for some way to kind of revamp the franchise and, and to give hope to your team, you're starting a guy like Drew Locke. Uh, that's why I'm kind of surprised Geno Smith is starting. I think this is the safer move by Pete Carroll to put in Geno Smith. My thoughts, obviously, I would have went with Drew Locke. Uh, but no, I don't think they're tanking, but I don't think that putting in Geno Smith, you know, if he plays all 17 games this year, I can't see them winning more than five games. So I, w- I would went with Locke, Dominic. And yeah, that's just uh, that's just my take there on uh, on the Seattle QB situation. Yeah, whether it's Locke or Smith, I don't think it would have made that much of a difference. The fact that these guys are your quarterback coming into this season, it means that Seattle's thinking for the future, they will be drafting in the first round very high next year, and they will be drafting a quarterback. Mark my words, this team is tanking. Uh, good take, Dominic. Uh, you know, like a lot of people, I think even Seattle Seahawks fans might agree uh, with you that they are tanking. And there's going to be quite a few quarterbacks available in the draft of next year. Uh, when you got, you know, guys like CJ Stroud out of Ohio State, you got Bryce Young out of Alabama. Those are just a few names. So hopefully for Seattle, they'll be drafting uh, in the top because I think even if they somehow manage to make the playoffs this year, they're getting bounced out first round. And I don't think it's going to be a pretty sight for them. So Geno Smith, I'm excited to see that game, Dominic. As much trash I'm talking about Geno Smith, it's going to be a Monday night game. Last game to end week one, Dominic. Uh, Storyline there, right? You got Seahawks against the Broncos. Obviously, we're talking a lot about Geno Smith, but the real story here is Russell Wilson, Dominic, playing against his former team. So I joke around, but, uh, but all kidding aside, Dominic, I'm pretty excited to see this matchup on Monday night. Yeah, it'll be good because I want to see who the real Russell Wilson is. A lot of people out there think that Russell Wilson is a phenomenal quarterback. I'm a naysayer. I think he's a product of Pete Carroll's system. And I honestly think he's going to have the most pressure out of all players in the NFL to perform quick, early, and having to stay competitive in probably the hardest division in the NFL. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy division, Dominic. Uh, yeah, to, to definitely, to say the least. Let's jump from one QB to the next. We seem to be talking a lot about quarterbacks on the show recently. Jimmy G, Dominic, and the 49ers have restructured his contract. He is going to be staying for a 49er for at least this year. This was surprising to me. Uh, came out uh, yesterday as we record this. It's, it's uh, Tuesday, obviously. I already thought he was going to be gone. I thought that, you know, like, look, a guy that's brought his team to the Super Bowl and to the NFC Championship game uh, more than once, that maybe some quarterback needy teams are going to trade for him. That's not the case. Jimmy G staying in San Francisco, not going to be the starting quarterback there. It'll be Trey Lance's team. Like, I guess if you're Trey Lance, you get the uh, advantage of, being mentored by a guy like Jimmy G as, as much as you know, people aren't a huge fan of his and I'm not a big fan of his either. You can learn a lot from Jimmy G, right? He still won games. He still has a good record in the NFL. So I guess that's kind of the bright side there for the San Francisco 49ers and Trey Lyons, but Jimmy G staying put with the 49ers, Dominic. Ring a ding ding. Hello, John Lynch. Are we keeping Jimmy Garoppolo? Absolutely. What I saw with Trey Lance in the preseason was atrocious. And I've said it from day one. Why in the world are they keeping Trey Lance? Why in the world did they invest that much draft picks to put this guy 
as your number one QB. And the only reason is that Cal Shanahan, head coach for the 49ers, thinks he's this guru because he has been very far in the playoffs. And he's been far in the playoffs, not because of his amazing play calling, because Jimmy G managed the football game exactly how he should for this football team. This football team's best player is Debo Samuel, bar none. This guy is an all-star. You have to use him at running back. You have to use him as a wide receiver. And on top of that, you might as well throw in a trick play here. Get him to throw the ball. He is your star. Jimmy G is a manager, and he's done a great job. I want to see Jimmy G play somewhere midseason to give those 49ers fans another trip to the playoffs. Because if I see Trey Lance this year, all year, the 49ers will not make the playoffs. Wow, big take, Dominic. I think this is a classic situation of, you know what you have in Jimmy G? The 49ers don't think they can get a Super Bowl out of him. And they're, you know, it's kind of like cutting it now, like cutting your losses type of thing, right? Like they don't think he's going to be the guy to bring them to the Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl, even though he has And I can't say I really blame them, Dominic, right? Jimmy G, like you said, has been a very good game manager has had a very good defense there. Um, and it, for me, it's kind of the, the famous expression of they've been able to win in spite of him rather than because of him. So I think to answer your, or to kind of uh, to retaliate on what you're saying, Dominic, I'm not sure they actually believe Trey Lance is a better quarterback than Jimmy G. And, you know, maybe that sounds crazy because why would they start him? I think they want to, they, you said, Dominic, they invested a lot in, in Trey Lance, Dominic, a lot. People were thinking it was going to be Mac Jones. Remember that whole debate of who are they going to go up and grab? We don't know. People said Trey Lance. Some people said Mac Jones. It ended up obviously being Trey Lance. I think that for the 49ers, Dominic, is look, you know Jimmy G is not the answer, so you're trying to find the answer somewhere else. And I think they're kind of handcuffed, right, whether you think Trey Lance is good enough, isn't good enough. He struggled in the preseason. I'm a fan of giving him a shot now, Dominic. Because uh, you want to see like what he's able to do in the regular season, but I don't know if the 49ers have much of a choice, Dom, uh, to start him this season just because of everything that you said. They invested him, and I, I don't think Jimmy G is the answer. So it's like, what do you do if you're the 49ers? Right? I think they're in a tough spot. Hundred percent, they're in a tough spot. You said it. They invested so much capital and putting him as your franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. This is like a battle, probably in my mind, between Cal Shanahan and maybe front office in San Francisco thinking like, do we really want to go with Trey Lance? We are built to win the Super Bowl. This team is deep, specifically on defense. This defense is going to be really awesome this year. So are we riding a balance ship with Trey Lance in the new style of the NFL where Trey Lance can do all sorts of running and dazzle plays here and there with his legs? He just can't throw the damn football. He can't. I'm saying to you, this guy's going to throw a lot of interceptions this year. Jimmy G isn't that much better with his arm, but he seems a lot smarter out there. He's got a lot more experience, and his record proves that he wins football games, and that's all that counts in the NFL. It's pretty bananas we talk about Jimmy G like he's some uh, like fourth string uh, quarterback, uh, high school quarterback when this guy's won a lot of games. Uh, it's really honestly an anomaly, but it's like I can't say I really blame it. I find it super interesting. The name of Jimmy G, Dominic, what a like fascinating player. And uh, I guess you can say like, 
his name's been bounced around a heck of a lot over the last little while. And uh, yeah, like, look, his teammates have defended his back. A lot of 49ers players have said, look, he's a winner. Like, why? Like, what is what is the question here? He's won his games. He's brought us to the NFC Championship game. He's brought us to the Super Bowl. Um, and still not enough for those 49ers. But uh, I think it's going to be a very good game between the 49ers and the Bears to open up week one. Two young quarterbacks with a lot to prove. Looking forward to that one. I find it so fascinating that for a guy that's able to win games, and I'm not saying that I disagree on the, uh, I guess I can say, uh, dark cloud that's surrounding Jimmy G in the sense that like there aren't many believers in him, even though he's able to win games. I, I just, I, I find it like really interesting that he still found a way to win games, yet there are a lot of people who don't believe in him. And I, I'm one of those people who don't believe in him, Dominic, which is like why... I often like to attribute like his wins to his defense, coaching, uh, Debo Samuel being able to put the team on his back. I guess what I'm trying to say here is, do you think that a team ultimately is able to push for him, make a, you know, make a, a roster spot for him, make a trade for him just because he's kind of that veteran guy and able to win games? Do you think in a situation like this, it's going to be a silly question, but like his record... Uh, speaks for itself and is able to convince teams that are, you know, not necessarily willing to take a chance on him to take a chance on him. Because if you look at his stats, they may not be like, oh, wow, this guy's like a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But if you look at his win to loss record, Dominic, it's, you know, it's very impressive. So how much of a factor do you think that plays into a team that's debating whether to take a chance on a guy like Jimmy G or not? It's all about the system, William. If he fits a system, a system that already has established veterans, that are ready to win now, you could always take a chance. If you're trying to develop a football team that's very young and they're going to they're gonna need the talent to really come from the quarterback position, no knock on Jimmy G, but that would be a disastrous move. At the end of the day, you know, if you're in position to win the Super Bowl, which the San Francisco 49ers are, in my opinion, then you have a winning recipe that's already in play. Why change it? And this is what you said earlier in the show. You don't change it. You just, you ride it as far as you can take it. What you're trying to bring in a younger quarterback. That's going to provide maybe more speed with his legs to give you again, more different types of play calling abilities that will accentuate another quarterback's talents, but you don't need that. You're knocking at the door to the super bowl. And with the quarterback that's already brought you there, He's, he's been to the Super Bowl once. Am I am I wrong by saying that? Didn't he lose a Super Bowl? Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs. Exactly. So he's been there. The guy's been there. He has yeah. the experience. Why are you trying to throw that away? And for what? For maybe a, a sixth-round draft pick? No. You know, at the very least, let him be your backup quarterback if he wants to be. And there's a rumor that has it that he prolonged his, his surgery so he can actually take time to rehabilitate and force the 49ers to kind of have like a low ball offer here and there by other NFL teams, which would guarantee most likely him staying with the San Francisco 49ers. And this is exactly what has transpired. Jimmy G is going to be on the 49ers team next year. And I do believe that whether it's because Jimmy G did it or whether it's John Lynch who made the call at the end of the day, Regardless, he's on the team. You want to have a guy that has the system already in his head. You want to have a guy that other players can trust. Right now, you're going to put Trey Lance on the field. And if he goes on three, what are the players in the locker room going to do? Are they going to look at the coach and say, hey, maybe we should put Jimmy G 
And what you have now an awkward situation between the players and the coach, mm-hmm. it could become a nightmare for San Francisco. And as a matter of fact, it could cost Kyle Shanahan his job. I, I always say, I love your takes, Dominic, but I love that take. I think that was very good. I think that was spot on. I think that you said it well, if you're looking for uh, a guy that, you know, a team that needs to rely on their QB to win them games and it's up to the QB to, you know, do that for them, then yes, Jimmy G is not really your guy. But if you want a guy that's kind of part of the system, Dominic, you're a big fan of like the system and learning from a system and a big believer in that, then, you know, he could be a winning quarterback for them. Look, he's a, he has a 33 and 14 record in the NFL all time going two and zero with those Patriots. It'll be interesting to see Dominic. Let's say Trey Lance struggles. We're going to hear Jimmy G's name being shouted in the, the crowd uh, with the, at the 49ers home games. Uh, definitely a big story to watch. I'm very surprised that the 49ers uh, kept him, uh, but you know, hopefully for him, he's able to get another chance and, you know, prove the doubters wrong. Let's last, jump last up. Question. Yes. Last question yes, for you yes. on this topic. Yes. Do you think, that the 49ers potentially entertain any offers for Trey Lance to be traded? Ooh, that's a good question, Dominic. Oh, man. And, and would you trade for Trey Lance? <sighs> okay, uh, no and no. <laughs> I don't think that the 49ers will. I just think it's, it's a, a simple case, Dominic, of they've given up too much to get him. And I'm not really a believer in that in the sense that you gave up a ton, so you have to keep a guy, so you're kind of stuck. But I mean, like, they gave up the farm for this guy. Where, like, they, like, went ahead and did what they could, like, as if this guy was going to be, you know, their next Joe Montana, their next Steve Young. So I think that you, in, unless you're getting, like, a, a quarterback that's already proven Dominic and that's going to make the Hall of Fame, no, you can't be trading Trey Lance. Would I trade for Trey Lance? I don't think I would. Honestly, I don't think I would. Um it depends what I'm trading there, but I don't know. I haven't seen enough of him, and I'm not sure I'm really necessarily a believer in him, Dominic, uh, just yet. I hope that changes. But from what I've seen so far, Dominic, in his short NFL career, and only preseason, mind you, uh, this year, I haven't been, you know, the, the biggest fan, the biggest believer. I think that I think there's a better chance. I'm more of a believer in him than you are, just in the sense that I don't necessarily, I'm not convinced that he won't be uh, a good or great quarterback, but I haven't seen enough yet, Dominic, uh, to, to trade for him. So, no, I definitely, if I'm the 49ers, I don't think that they are or they're willing to listen to trade offers. Me personally, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be trading for Trey Lance either. No. Yeah. Trey Lance and Jordan Love are in the car on their way to the CFL. Mark my words, in three years, they will not be in the NFL. Hot take from Dom Demeester got away and, and see about that thing. It's a big part of the, the NFL is seeing what these young quarterbacks are able to do. We'll see what happens. Trey Lance is now going to be riding front seat for the 49ers. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe he'll be able to change some of our minds. Uh, big stuff there happening in San Francisco. Let's jump to Carolina now, Dominic, where Baker Mayfield has been named starter. We already talked about that last week. Uh, but backup quarterback Sam Darnold has been injured, expected to miss at least four weeks, most probably five or six. And this is big news, of course, would have been even bigger news if uh, Sam Darnold was named starter and then this uh, injury news came out. But I guess that means, look, if Baker Mayfield's always going to struggle in his first two, three, four, five games, he doesn't necessarily have to worry about his job being taken away for that spot because, like I said, it looks like Donald is, I think, hopefully, the the brights, the uh, the optimistic view is that he's going to miss four weeks, but it looks like it's going to be probably uh, at least five to six there. So, so uh, Baker Mayfield now, I guess you can say maybe a little bit less pressure on him. Obviously, you don't want to have injuries uh, to, to any of your players, but I think maybe this gives a little bit more leeway at the start of the season to, uh, to Baker Mayfield uh, and, and the Panthers. 
Well, Baker Mayfield specifically, I should say. Yeah, 100%. I think that it's always nice to have a little bit of leeway. I don't think P.J. Walker is after this starting quarterback position. Granted, he, you know, he got there as a backup quarterback, but uh, I, I, maximum, that guy's going to be a backup for the rest of his career, and I think he knows that, uh, which means that Baker Mayfield, you know, you got a green light. You know, let's see what you can do. You just picked up a new weapon with Lavishka Chanel. Yep. I think this is a phenomenal pickup. I like they don't it. have the greatest receivers. They have a decent cast of receivers with Terrace Marshall, very young receiver. I'm expecting big things out of him this year. DJ Moore, not that bad. Rashard Higgins, a bit of chemistry with Mayfield. A guy that I could see take a back seat here is Robbie Anderson. Get this guy off this football team. I personally think that he's just a, a post, and that's pretty much all you're going to have is a, a goal post in the end zone. And uh, <laughs> give all give all the extra time to LaVisca. LaVisca was a, a phenomenal player out of college. He ended up in Jacksonville. Jacksonville has found a way to ruin two high-quality wide receivers' confidence in DJ Chark and LaVisca Chanu. Both of them are on new football teams this year. I expect both of them to thrive with their new teams. Yeah, uh, I like the segue, Dominic. LaVisca Chanel being traded for a sixth and a seventh round pick. Uh, one in 2023, one in 2024, taking his talents to those Carolina Panthers. I like this move a lot, Dominic. If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, look, you got a guy. You, you did a lot in the offseason, right? You got Christian Kirk. Uh, you have... Um, Ingram at the tight end position now. You already have Marvin Jones Jr. So hopefully that'll be enough for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You get Travis Etienne back um, out of the backfield. And you get uh, a sixth and a seventh round pick trading Chanel to the Panthers. I like this move for Carolina, Dominic. I remember watching an episode of Good Morning Football. And I believe it was Kay Adams that was really high on him uh, when he came into the NFL. And uh, I think this is like one of those things where it's like low risk, high reward. Uh, Chanel is a good receiver. He's a guy that can be uh, like... Used like a Debo Samuel, obviously not as talented as Debo, but could be, you know, used in the backfield, used in the slot, used that wide receiver. So um, if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm, uh, you know, I, I like this move for them. Let's talk about those Jaguars, Dominic. Uh, a lot of pressure heading uh, on uh, Trevor Lawrence heading into this season. It was a very, very uh, sought after quarterback coming into this uh, this draft. It was uh, really... Uh, you know, the, the, the hype surrounding him was really second to none, Dominic. We haven't seen a quarterback hype like Trevor Lawrence was really since Andrew Luck uh, coming out of Stanford back when the Indianapolis Colts took him for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. We talked about it a little bit where we think they may finish in, finish in the division. What do you think Trevor Lawrence needs to do this year, Dominic, and Jacksonville to, I guess, I wouldn't say solidify his spot as a starter because I think he's safe there, but to kind of, you know, he didn't have a great rookie year, and people were thought that he would be in contention to an offensive rookie of the year, and he really wasn't. He struggled, right? He had a bad year. That's like, let's just call it like it is. What do you think he needs to do this year, Dominic? Do you think he needs to have uh, win at least five or six games for this for this team? Do you think he needs to have a, a winning record? Do you think me making the playoffs? Do you think not coming in last place is going to be good enough? I don't expect big things out of the Jacksonville Jaguars team. I'm not sure many people do. Uh, but, yeah, what are your expectations for the Jaguars, and what do you think that Trevor Lawrence – needs to do in terms of statistics, win-loss record, uh, in order to, I guess you can say, for us to believe that he can be that number one overall pick that we all wanted and, and expected him to be. I think Tra Trevor Lawrence is in big trouble. I really do. I don't see him succeeding right now with the players that he has. Mm -hmm. And I think that if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm trying to get out of town as quick as possible. 
Oh. Crazy for me to say, but I'll break it down this way. Mm-hmm. He got Urban Meyer, probably the worst coach that I've ever seen, given the keys to a franchise in Jacksonville last year. And uh, the way that he was doing those play callings, Urban Meyer, he destroyed Trevor Lawrence rookie season. Those first few years are so important to create confidence in a player to have the ability to play at this level. This is not college football anymore. This is the best of the best. The NFL mm-hmm. ain't getting any better than this. Yeah. And when you're going to surround him with players that he got surrounded with this year, yeah, with uh, Jay Jones, Christian Kirk, at tight end, Evan Ingram, these all look like backup players. They don't look yeah. like superstars. So they're putting all their eggs on Trevor Lawrence to say, hey, Trevor, it's all on you this year, kid. Uh, I'm Doug Peterson. <laughs> I, I have a Super Bowl ring, which granted, I, I kind of got lucky winning it. Had to call four fourth downs to win a Super Bowl. But hey, I did it. And uh, I got the keys to the Jacksonville Jaguars now this year. What a horrible pickup. Horrible coach, just like Urban Meyer. This team's going nowhere. They're going to fight for dead last, exactly with Seattle. I'm just shocked. I'm fine, Trevor Lawrence. All I'm thinking, I'm riding my defense. Please give me the opportunity to get as many downs as possible where I'm just going to try to be a game manager. You're not supposed to be a game manager, but you got no superstars. So all he could do is be a game manager. And he got drafted number one to be the guy to lead the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm sorry. Book a ticket out of the Jacksonville. Find yourself a new franchise. But I, I'm really, really, really feeling bad for Trevor Lawrence because I think he's going to have a short career in the NFL. Wow. Okay. So, so you think a, a change of scenery would do good for him? Let's say, like he was. Let's say Trevor Lawrence was on. Uh, we talked about the 49ers. Let's say Trevor Lawrence was a 49er, Dominic. You think he would have a much better chance to succeed than if he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars? I mean, he was drafted number one to kind of be part of the new NFL. He has all the stature. He's got the ability to scramble. He's got it all. But yeah. how is he going to develop in the NFL? In the NFL, it's a whole different ball game. And he's not developing. He's not developing. He's regressing. And he's regressing not because of his decisions. It's because of who the frigging franchise is putting him around. I mean, it's just atrocious. Marvin Jones, your number one wide receiver? Good luck, buddy. Good luck. Well, safe to say, Dom, Derisa is not a huge fan of those Jacksonville Jaguars receivers and the playmakers they got on the offensive side of the ball. I, I think it's a big year for him, Dominic. I don't expect too, too much out of these Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they're going to be battling for last place. I ultimately do think they'll finish in last place. I think Houston will grab that third spot. I like Tennessee going in second. I like the Colts winning that division, Dominic. I'm sticking by that and uh, Maddie Ice there. And, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, when you're talking about this Jacksonville team, this is a team that they they're, they need hope, Dominic. They need something to focus on. Like, man, it must be. T- I thought it was tough being a Dolphins fan, Dominic, but being a Jacksonville Jaguars fan seems like it'd be much more difficult. So, if you've got any Jaguars fans listening out there, I'm you know proud of you. Uh, stick with your guns. Times will get better, hopefully. And you know you got to always uh, respect uh, fans sticking with their teams through thick and thin, especially when it comes to Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Dom, roster cuts. Roster cuts were made today, Tuesday, uh, August 30th, or today by 4 o'clock, actually, is when the final decisions need to be made. There were a few surprises, Dominic, that I thought and that you agreed with. Uh, First ones that come to mind, Dominic, for you, when you talk about guys, players being cut, players being waived. uh, Yeah, who would you say would be the the one or two main guys you were surprised about? Or guys you could say are surprised that stayed uh, with their current teams? 
The one guy that I'm looking at is Denny Shelton. I was huge on Denny Shelton coming out of college and he's been bouncing around from the Cleveland Browns. He had a shot with those Kansas city chiefs. He unfortunately got cut by the chiefs. Maybe you never know, might get re-signed in a few weeks at a cheaper price. Who knows? You never know in the NFL, but I am shocked if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know we have a hole in the middle. You know, we don't have that much depth. Go sign Denny Shelton. He can help any football team to plug the hole. Clearly I'm wrong because he keeps on being cut. So I'm thinking there's something else that we don't know either his personality, because this guy is just too talented not to be on a football team. Yeah. He was sought out coming out of college. And I think that, you know, when you talk about guys being bounced around, a lot of times it's like, oh, you know, the obvious this guy's not good enough. At the same time, look, he's been bouncing around. Then he's had a lot of teams interested in him. So Danny Shelton, there, less you talked about, uh, not in his current team anymore. It's a little bit surprising. For me, Dominic, the big one is Kellen Mond. I talked about it on the show that I could see Kellen Mond, uh, backup quarterback, or used to be ex-backup quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, starting for this team eventually. I liked him coming out of college. I didn't think that he was necessarily one like a, a game changer or a guy that was going to put a team on his back. But I thought that with Kirk Cousins and, you know, the way that he struggles at times, maybe he doesn't struggle as much as I think because, like, this guy's statistically has been fairly good the last little while. But, you know, if you ask me, Dominic, Kirk Cousins, like, I like the guy. I like the passion he has for the game. I love the – you like that clip. And I love the fact that he is able to – be one of the best managers I've ever seen or negotiators in, in terms of the money he's able to get. I'm not a big believer in Cousins, so I think that having a guy like Kellen Mond at the backup position would have been beneficial for them. Yeah, really surprised to see that the Vikings let him go, Dominic. I thought he could have you know, maybe taken the rounds after Kirk Cousins eventually leaves, retires, gets traded, gets injured. But you know, Kellen Mond out of Minnesota was the big one for me, Dominic. 100%. We both thought that this guy was going to be potentially a good backup quarterback to groom and maybe one day, year five, year four, get an opportunity to be the starting quarterback. That's just not the case. Kevin O'Connell, new head coach in Minnesota, has a different vision. His vision is all about, you know, an air raid in Minnesota. And I can't wait to see whether or not this works, whether or not even Kirk Cousins could perform well in this type of offense. I think Minnesota is thinking long-term here and they're just cutting dead weight and they're thinking probably we might draft a quarterback that fits our system next year, or if not even in two years from now. So that's how I see it. I believe he probably will find a job somewhere, Kellen Mond, because uh, you could always use a guy that could be a good game manager. We, we talked about Jimmy G sometimes that's all you need. If it's a good game manager to, to win a Super Bowl. it doesn't happen often, but it has example, Brad Johnson with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, here and there, you'll have a, a few guys, Jeff Hostetler. Well, granted that was a, an injury to Phil Sims back in the day, but you know, if you have the talent and you're just missing a quarterback that could manage this football team, I think Kellen Mon in about two, three years could do that. Let's stick with these Vikings, Dominic. You talked about being excited for their offense. Is this the year we see Minnesota and that stacked roster, you know, finally make a push to the division, maybe even win the division, win a few playoff games? Minnesota is one of the teams I find super intriguing year in and year out just because of, you know, the teams that are the players that they have, even without Justin Jefferson, right? They had that duo and Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen staying there. Stephon Diggs get out. Justin Jefferson comes in. A lot of people have high expectations for Jefferson. He's been going 
very early in some fantasy drafts uh, this year, even as as uh, as early as top five. So what do you think out of Minnesota this year? I guess my bold prediction is that they'll win the division, Dominic, because I don't think that Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions have what it takes. I'm not a big believer in these Green Bay Packers. I wouldn't be surprised to see them miss the playoffs this year, Dominic. I really wouldn't. So I could see Minnesota winning the division, but for me, that's not enough, Dominic. To win the division and to make noise in the playoffs is what this team has to do because they are good enough. And I know I talked about Kirk Cousins. I'm not necessarily believing in him. I don't think he's a game manager. I think he's still better than a game manager. And with that team he has at the offensive side of the football uh, and a running back like Dalvin Cook, if he can just stay healthy and that defense, Dominic, is a defense that doesn't get talked about nearly enough. This is a solid team and like have a new head coach. Uh, maybe that, uh, you know, fresh new scenery uh, for them in, in getting a, a new coach and, and a guy who's ready to win uh, for the Minnesota Vikings could be something that they need. Uh, I think they needed something to change, and head coach is, is a good way to start, Dominic. So I'm really curious and intrigued to follow these Minnesota Vikings uh, from week one all the way to the end of the season. Uh, their first game of the season, Dominic, uh, for the Minnesota Vikings uh, will be against... Um, so, yes, the Green Bay Packers, 425. They're playing at home against the Green Bay Packers. So what a way to make a statement, Dominic, than playing your bitter rivals who's won the division, you know, really for like the past few years. They'll be playing at home against those Green Bay Packers. I think if you want to make a statement, Dominic, if you're Minnesota, you've got to go out and win that game. You do. And this team is loaded. I look at it from top to bottom. They're loaded. The only question mark is the new head coach, Kevin O'Connell. And... As much as I want to root for the Vikings, I've been burnt by them year in yeah. and year out. I and I still you. think this year I'm going to get burnt by them again. And it comes down to whether or not Kirk Cousins could be the quarterback that Kevin O'Connell wants. And I don't think Kevin O'Connell wants Kirk Cousins. I think he has no choice but to go with Kirk Cousins. That being said, we are going to find out quick in this season, whether or not Kirk Cousins is an elite quarterback, because he will be throwing the ball nonstop. And it's very bizarre because you should be running the ball with Dalvin Cook, but that's not what Kevin O'Connell's offense is going to be about. He's going to be all about throwing the ball and making Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen the focal point of this offense. I don't buy it. I see Kirk winning some games, losing some games, winning some, losing some, throwing three TDs, throwing three interceptions it's just not consistent enough for Kirk Cousins it's just not I would throw in the towel and as a matter of fact I'm throwing the towel as we speak on Kirk Cousins you'll see Minnesota and probably two years from now draft a quarterback maybe even next year if they move up in that draft because I, I do believe they'll have an average season so whether or not they can get themselves a top five pick in next year's draft We'll have to wait to see on that, but I don't think Kirk Cousins is the guy to lead this football team, and we're going to find out by week five that this guy is just not the guy to lead this football team. A lot of questions in Minneapolis. Hopefully we get some answers early on in the season for those Vikings. One week until a kickoff between those Rams and the Buffalo Bills. The next time you hear our voices, it'll be kickoff. It'll be September 8th. We'll be hours away from kickoff of the NFL season. Super pumped. I thought I was pumped when the preseason started, Dominic. Now we're going to have just a week from today some actual games that count super super excited oh man and there's gonna be a great slate of games week one let's continue on those roster cuts dominic uh, a few guys that were 
I guess you can see surprisingly even guys that stayed that were a little bit of head scratchers for me. I'm a, obviously everyone knows I'm a Dolphins fan. I was curious to see what they would do with their running back and wide receiver situation. Unfortunately, the Dolphins have uh, released running back Sony Michelle. I was really hoping we'd be able to keep him, Dominic. He's, you know, he, he's not what he used to be. And, you know, coming out of Georgia, there was so much hype. And there's Dolphins already have a ton of running backs in the backfield. But just having, like, just the name Sony Michelle is cool to have on your roster. Unfortunately, he's been cut, so he'll be bouncing around to his next team. Uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, won't be long until he finds another squad. Uh, funny talk, we talked about off-air, Dominic, and you had said, you know, Miles Gaskin, and you you like him as a running back. Right now, I'm pulling up the Dolphins' depth chart. He's number three uh, on that depth chart with Chase Edmonds at one, Raheem Moster at two, and then Miles Gaskin coming in as the third running back. For me, like, look, I hope I'm wrong. I feel, think Miami has a bunch of RB2s, and, you know, maybe that's a little bit, uh, not insulting there, but like Raheem Moster, I think can be an RB one, but needs to stay healthy. Chase Edmonds, I, I like him too. I like his speed. I think the, I think these running backs really complement the Dolphins one what they have. I like Miles Gaskin. Uh, I just want to see a little bit more consistency out of these running backs. But yeah, to start the season, Dominic looks like Chase Edmonds will be getting the bulk of the carries in Miami. But they, they I think they're going to do a bit of a rotation, Dominic, and I think that like all three of those running backs should get like five plus carries week one when they play the Patriots. That's my guess. Oh yeah. They're not um, all-star running backs to say the least. I agree. It's probably the weak point on this offense. Yeah. However, I do think that a running back by committee can work. I want to see the Dolphins play a high octane offense. Mm-hmm. And I think that they could do it when you have a guy like Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle. These guys are basically going to draw all the attention. That's why I like miles Gaskin in this offense. I think his hands are dynamite and you can find him in the flat a lot and whether or not he can run well that's you know he's never been a great running back per se but as a wide receiver in the flat I think that it'd be amazing to have and like I said whoever's hot they'll ride the guy whether it's Raheem Oster whether it's Chase Edmonds they'll ride the hot hand and I could only imagine at one point Miles Gaskin will be hot himself. Yeah, as the Dolphins fan, I'm super excited to see uh, how this running back situation is going to play out. I was excited to see the long bomb Tyree Kill th- caught by uh, Tua. The first first play Tyree Kill played in the preseason. Uh, the first two plays, actually, he caught two passes. One was a nice 51-yard long bomb from Tua. Really hoping to see a lot of that this season. A lot of... Uh, Talk has been going into Tyree Kill and Tua and, you know, that combination of what's going to happen there and, you know, where Jalen Water will fit in and uh, a lot of people double teaming Hill. So maybe expect a bigger year for Jalen Water. Super pumped as a Dolphins fan. And I think uh, week one will be a good game when they play the Patriots. Any more roster cuts that you were surprised about, Dominic, or maybe guys that, this, that uh, stayed in their current teams? Not really. I, I do mm-hmm. want to mention Philip Lindsay. Mm-hmm. I kind of always liked Philip Lindsay. In the NFL, I still think that somebody might take a chance for some depth there, but he got cut from the Colts. I don't know what the Colts are going to do. It's very hard when you have Jonathan Taylor as your lead back. He's pretty much the guy. I don't see Philip Lindsay be able to get a touch on a guy like him, but I'd like to see him end up somewhere else in the NFL. He probably has at least two, three more years to give. Yeah, he uh, you know he's bounced around quite a bit. Philip Lindsay, the thing I like about him is that he runs with uh, runs with authority. He's not gonna you know like uh, tiptoe around guys. If he sees somebody in his way, uh, he's gonna go and he's gonna uh, he's gonna run him over there. 
We had trade to announce, Dominic. The New Orleans Saints have uh, traded safety Gardner Johnson to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, look, maybe not too, too much of a surprise because the Saints ultimately got uh, Tyron Matthew there in free agency. They, the Saints uh, get two picks back in return. What are your initial thoughts on that trade? Oh, it's a fairly even trade. You know, yeah, Gardner Johnson's 24 years old. I think that's what uh, is the attractive component in this deal. And uh, they're giving up. Two draft picks. Let's see what those draft picks, you know, sometimes you get a, a really big home run. We'll only find out probably in 2026 whether that player or those players end up being very good players for those Saints. So we'll have to wait and see. But I think that this is a, a pickup for depth and a guy that's 24, very young, will help those Eagles in that secondary guaranteed. Yeah. For sure. I like the date, Dominic. I want to talk about players we're interested in seeing this year, Dominic. Guys we want to watch out for. And this is a cool segment I saw on, uh, it was NFL Now just the other day. Or sorry, NFL Total Access with Ladinian Tomlinson. And he talked about Michael Thomas, Dominic. And I, I, I completely agree with that take. I'm very, very curious to see what will happen with Michael Thomas. So I'm like, let's not forget there was a time, since we're talking about the Saints here, there was a time where Michael Thomas was seen as the best wide receiver in football. And you, now you got him to pair with Alvin Kamara, who were obviously together at one point in time. But you got Michael Thomas coming back from injury. I'm very curious to see what happens there. And I want to see... If he's going to be that guy that Jameis Winston is going to go to when he needs catches, you know, Michael Thomas, a reception magnet. This guy uh, broke the record for most receptions in a season. I'm really excited for him. I'm really hoping for him, Dominic. Uh, I know that he had a bit of a, well, down issue just because of his injury concerns and uh, stuff that happened off the field. But I'm really rooting for Michael Thomas, Dominic, a fun receiver. You know how much I love my receivers there. A guy with strong hands, very strong hands for a guy that's not, you know, built like a DK Metcalf. So I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with this. Saints in general, but if I'm talking about players specifically, Dominic, one guy I'm keeping an eye out for this year just to monitor him and see how he does is Michael Thomas. Yeah, Michael Thomas will play his role in New Orleans. I think that head coach Dennis Allen will probably spread the ball around because he drafted Chris Olave, who is a yes. phenomenal route runner. So it'll be really interesting to see Michael Thomas, how many receptions he'll be able to get over Chris Olave, and then you add on Jarvis Landry, who's another reception beast. All these guys, I think, will kind of have a wide receiver by rotation, if that makes any sense, throughout yeah. the entire year. And New Orleans will really hope that Jameis Winston does not throw as many interceptions that he has throughout his entire career. If Jameis Winston can revive his career, now is the time. I don't think you'll have a better wide receiver core intact with veterans and a number one prospect at wide receiver. We're going to get to find out what Jameis Winston can really do. He had a great opportunity in Tampa Bay. He threw for 5,000 yards. He had Bruce Arians having the air raid up in Tampa Bay a couple of years back. Mm -hmm. Let's see what kind of offense Dennis Allen can put on the table. And I think that it's all up to Jameis Winston to kind of like showcase Michael Thomas skills, mm -hmm. showcase Olave skills and as well Landry. So if he could do it, I think New Orleans might be a dark horse this year.
Yeah, Saints are going to be an interesting team to follow. I really like Chris Olave and what he did out of Ohio State. I could see him being a big producer for this offense and, and produce almost right away with a guy like Michael Thomas, you know, attracting a lot of the attention, like you said, Jarvis Landry as well. Uh, another player you're looking forward to seeing, Dominic, whether that's a bounce back year for him, a pressure on this guy, uh, or just a, you know, uh, one of the players that you like around the week that you're just excited to see heading into the season. Well, I've been talking about the New York Giants all offseason. I yeah. thought that... Early on, you know, I was giving Daniel Jones an opportunity to showcase what he could do, even though they're not renewing his contract for now. However, after having seen the preseason and after having, you know, read everything out of training camp, I think Daniel Jones will not be the answer for those Giants, unfortunately. Oh, no. Dominic, you were so high on him just a few weeks ago. I know. I know. <laughs> it, he just doesn't seem to be able to fit well in Brian Dable's system. And, hey, I was never high on the guy in the first place. I was kind of crossing my fingers because I yeah. think that, you know, like Geno Smith, it's the same thing. When you have years invested in a franchise, there's value there. And I thought bringing in a huge guy like Brian Dable could have helped that. However, it's not all doom and gloom for those New York Giants because they do have a guy who could literally help this franchise even make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they could make the playoffs. Saquon Barkley will have a bounce back year, specifically as a ride receiver or again, as a running back, catching the ball in the flat. And Brian Dable will be throwing a lot throughout the entire season. Saquon can run. We all know he has these great breakout runs for 50 yards and more. Expect to have at least 50 receptions and about 1,000 yards running. So he's the guy that I think will have a bounce back season this year in the NFL. Talking about players, Dominic, I'm interested to seeing Saquon Barkley is definitely one of them, obviously coming off that injury. And, you know, we all know how good Saquon can be and how exciting he is as a player. Yeah, just the injury bug has gotten the best of him as of late. And I think, like you said, Dominic, if the Giants have really any chance of making a run, even making it to the playoffs, potentially, potentially fighting for that division or wildcard spot, uh, it's going to be a lot about Saquon. You know, he's... He's a beast, and we know that. And it's just, uh, you know, the old expression of, you know, the best ability is availability, and unfortunately hasn't been able to, to, to be on the field for them uh, as of late. Uh, I know a lot of uh, a lot of guys have been taking chances chances with Saquon in fantasy, uh, taking him early on because they know how productive he can be. Are you doing fantasy football this thing, Dominic? Just uh, sidetrack a little. Yes, absolutely. Doing one on uh, two of them. So one on Monday night and one on Saturday. Oh, awesome. Nice. Yeah, I actually uh, just drafted in my first league. I went wide receiver heavy, Dominic, as I usually do. I, the 10-man league, I had uh, the 10th pick, which I didn't mind because I was able to get the 10th and 11th. So I took Jamar Chase at 10. I took Devontae Adams at 11. So uh, we're doing half PPR. So hopefully that'll pan out for me. Uh, super excited for fantasy. I got my second draft uh, today, a little bit later on in the day. But yeah, Saquon, Dominic, obviously a guy that, you know, People know how good he is and, and what he can do for this franchise. It's, it's really just about him staying healthy and getting back uh, in rhythm. So would you say he's front-runner Dominic to win comeback player of the year this year? I think he probably will be. If he puts Ooh. up 50 receptions, I can only imagine he'll at least run for 1,000 yards. And that should be good enough for him, for him to win the comeback player of the year. So. Yeah, for sure. Let's stick with the, uh, we've got a few minutes left, Dominic, the, uh, the NFC East. I'm curious to get your take on who you think 
as favorites to win this division. Uh, I don't know if you saw early on in the week, first take, um, Stephen A. Smith was seen in Dallas, uh, and he got a, not the warmest welcoming from Dallas Cowboys fans because everybody knows he is not the biggest Cowboys supporter there. And they talked about favorites to win the division, Dominic, and he actually said he thinks the Philadelphia Eagles will win the NFC East. I think it's a toss-up between the two of them. I think that they'll be fighting until the very last week of the season. I ultimately think the Cowboys will win the division, and I think it's their division to win. And uh, a lot of people aren't talking about Washington, Dominic, and Carson Wentz and what they can do. Uh, they've been a team that hasn't, uh, you know, got really the uh, the love. I guess they've been kind of hoping for over the, the last little while there. But for me, I, th- I still think it's the Dallas Cowboys division, and I think it'll be close. But I do think the Cowboys are the favorites, and I do think the Cowboys will end up winning the division this year. That's a very hard division to predict. Yeah. I think that we all know injuries basically will dictate which team will move forward. I was big on Washington at one point only because of Brian Robinson. I hated the fact that Rivera was in trouble. I hated the fact that the Mm -hmm. owner was in trouble, but I was still big on Brian Robinson's ability to kind of like take the torch over Antonio Gibbons, which he did in preseason. But unfortunately for him, he just got shot in a carjacking this past weekend. So really sad news for Brian Robinson in the Washington commander. So Mm -hmm. I think this team's going to finish dead last. So having them out of the equation, we're left with three teams. You just heard my take on the giants. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs now. Unfortunately, Daniels just can't get the system down, which leaves the Eagles (laughs) and the Dallas Cowboys. So, I mean, Doc Prescott is now a longstanding veteran in the NFL. Mm-hmm. it's all up to him. If he wants it, he's got to grab it. But a team like the Eagles have been developing slowly, but surely, and they have depth and they could snatch that away from those Dallas Cowboys. And I really do agree with you that it will come down to those Cowboys and the Eagles and a guy that I absolutely love that they drafted. The Eagles is Jordan Davis. I can't wait to see this guy play in the NFL And if he could be the impact player that I believe he can be, you know what? Those Eagles might just squeak by those Dallas Cowboys because the Cowboys offense right now, specifically at the offensive line, they're hurting. And you can't be hurting when you're facing guys like Fletcher Cox, Mm -hmm. Javin Hardgrave, and Jordan Davis. These guys are the real deal. And I really think that they will showcase what they can do this year and probably make the playoffs on a coin toss over the Dallas Cowboys. Well, uh, Big stuff there, Dominic. Yeah, Smith uh, going to be missing uh, probably to at least December for the offensive line of the Dallas Cowboys. So that is a big, big loss for them. Folks, that is it for our show this week. Stay tuned for next week as it will be NFL kickoff. Dominic and I will be previewing the season, previewing the Rams-Bills game. We'll be giving our Super Bowl predictions, potentially some MVP and Rookie of the Year type predictions, but a big one will be our Super Bowl predictions. That's all going to be coming up next week on the Power Hour. So stay tuned and stay healthy. We'll be seeing you guys next week. You were listening to CJLO, 1690 AM in Montreal.